With that, our sermon today is from Luke 12, 41 through 48, that read in Jesus' name. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give, him their, to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, at an hour he does not know, and he will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, I'm just reminded of how enormous it is and how important the impactfulness of your word and how it's meant to change our very lives. And we ask that you would change our lives through it, Lord, and that you would be glorified, that we would become more like you. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So this is the first out of three parts of Luke 12, 41 through 48. Because as I started studying this passage it's, there's so much stuff in here that I, I couldn't figure out how to put it in one sermon. And I apologize for that. You guys would be here a lot longer. Um, and so we're just going to split it into three parts and we'll hit each of those parts in the next three Sundays. And that's just the way that it's kind of got to be. If we're going to be walking through the book of Luke, we actually have to work through it. Um, so here, remember, remember what we're coming off of. We're coming off of two parables, two teachings that Jesus had, well, not just parables, well, the parables of the rich food, um, and a rich fool. So we're, we're coming off these parables, we're coming off of these teachings about Christ's second coming. And he's coming back. We have to be ready. That's, that's God's call for us, is to be ready. That's God's call for the whole world, is to be ready, because Christ is coming back, and we're going to stand before him one day, and we're going to have to give account. We're going to have to give account. And so Jesus says, be ready. And then Peter, after getting those sermons, after getting those uh, parables, after getting those teachings, he turns to Jesus and he says this really fantastic thing. Lord, are you, are you saying this for us or for them? And that's, that's so important because that's oftentimes where we are. You know, we're there too. Oh, that's good. But I'm saved. I'm good. No problems. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be ready. I don't have to prepare. I'm saved. I am prepared. I have fire insurance. Don't worry, some of you get that tomorrow. Yes. No. But that's how people act. I don't have to be ready. And so Peter is asking this question. And whatever level we see ourselves as, and you know, as well, I was I was baptized. I'm good. Or, I gave my heart to the Lord at some point. I'm good. When I was eight, I did that. When I was seven, I did that. I, I'm good. You know, while I go to church, 
I'm good. I give tithes. I'm good. I'm a member of a church. I'm fine. I don't, I am ready. And we think about this in terms of something that's done, that's in our lives, something subjective, something that I've done or has been done to me somewhere along the line that has made me eternally ready. And it's like, no, the completed thing that makes me ready is Christ on the cross. He did that for us almost 2,000 years ago. And that's where our readiness stands. And I'm called to walk in that now. To live this out now. It's about my walk with Christ now. Now, I'm, are we always going to sense that in the same way? Well, no. There are times when, you know, even, even being married, you know, there are times when Kirsten and I have experienced distance in our marriage, and there are times when we've experienced great closeness. In which of those times were we married? <laughs> you know, right? Both, thankfully. Thankfully. You know, but if we experience closeness and we experience distance, it doesn't change our marriage. We're still married. We're still in this relationship. And we aim for those times of closeness, but we're still married. And within our walk with Christ, we walk in that continually pursuing growth, continually pursuing that relationship. Because believe it or not, Christ has more for you than you have now. He's got more. And we're going to go through times of hardship. We're going to go through times of frustration. And Jesus says, you walk with me through that, I've got more. We're going to have experiences of joy and experiences of pleasure. Jesus says, don't live on that, I have more. It's bigger. It's still bigger. And so when Peter says, Lord, are you saying this to us? Jesus says, yeah, this is for you too. Because you need to grow in these things. You need to be constantly working. Well, not working, that's not even the right word. Well, it does require work though, doesn't it? How many of you have had to discipline yourself somewhere along the line in your walk with Christ? You know, you have, you have a reaction to something that you know is sinful. Well, what do you do? I just let it go. No. You say, Lord, forgive me. You know, and sometimes it takes, it's hard, at least for me. Emotionally, like, I want to have that bad reaction. Where Jesus says, no, Joe, you're not allowed to. I have to confess that as sin? Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> So I have to put aside my wants and take up his. And I experience that as effort. That takes effort. And so there is work in this. Is that work the thing that saves me? No. Is that work the thing that keeps us? No. But that's what it means to walk in our relationship with Christ. Kirsten, she'll tell you how much work it takes to be married to me. But that's not... That's not the only reason we're still married. So, praise God for that. Not the work. But we think about these things. Is it for us too? I'm good, right? Jesus says, no. You need to keep working in this because now that, you're, now that you've become a manager of these things, now you have greater responsibility. Because what's a manager? You know, we think about that. Stewards. You guys are stewards, right? I'm a steward. As pastor of this congregation, God has made me a steward of this congregation. My responsibility is to serve this congregation for the sake of Christ. For this, it's his kingdom. You guys are his sheep. You're not my sheep. 
You're his. And to whom he gives me, I am called to be manager of. I'm called to steward. Thankfully, not some middle manager that just makes sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. But rather, I'm called to be steward over this congregation. That's one place where I'm a manager. I'm also a manager of my own household. I have a wife and I have children. I'm called to manage that. Thankfully, my wife does a lot of that work for me. She's just more organized. But you know, I still have to manage that. I've, God will hold me responsible. Jason said it many times. You know, when, when we stand before the Lord in heaven and there's problems in our family, he's not going to look at Kirsten, he's going to look at Joe. He said, I gave them to you. Have you been walking in that? This is yours. He's not going to look at Anton and say, why was your father a bad father? He's going to look at me and say, did you bring me into this? Did you walk with me through this? Because we're, being, we're made managers of these things. This isn't just pastor. A lot of the commentaries that are read about this focus on the pastors over the churches. But really, you guys are managers of all sorts of things. You have any place in your life where you have influence, any place in your life where you have touch, where you touch something, Christ has made you a manager over that touch, over that influence. I got to see Doug driving bus yesterday. And you know what? Doug is a manager over those relationships. God has granted him some influence in these kids' life. It might be a lot and it might be a little, but that little that he has, he's still called to manage that, be a light for Christ. And so since we're called to be managers, this is how we're supposed to interact with this, knowing that Christ is going to come, when Christ comes back, he's not just going to ask me about me. He's going to ask me about all the stuff that he's put in my life. He's going to say, Joe, how did you do as pastor? How did you do as husband? How did you do as friend? How did you do as brother? How did you do as son? How did you do as these things? Because that's what he holds us to account for. Because these are things that we're manager of. Managers of. How did you do with your house? Did you use that for the glory of my name or did you use that to hide from your parishioners? Well, it's a question. I try not to hide from people there, but sometimes I have. No. This is what he calls us to. We're managers of these things. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager who his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? So how then do we manage these things? How do we live out? This is that word vocation. You guys ever heard that word before? It's a nice theological word. It's your calling. It's your calling. Dar is husband to peg. That's his calling. One of his callings. He's also the guy that keeps the road ditches clean. That's one of his callings. Not any, well, no, he was out there cleaning it yesterday. He, he was just using hay bind. But that's one of his callings. This is the, Dar's vocation. How are we supposed to be doing this? Who is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? This is what this looks like. This doesn't mean that we treat everybody fairly. This means that we treat everybody individually. And that's a lot more work. Because I can't just have a broad brush 
The blanket statement covers everything. I have to, and, and actually Kirsten and I were having this discussion last night. The golden rule. What's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So does that mean, well, I like, so we could go with Gary Smalley's um, five love languages. And I honestly, I don't know exactly which one's mine, so I'm just going to pick one at random. Say that I like words of affirmation, because he's got quality time, words of affirmation, um, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. I always forget one of them. I don't know why. It's like five. Well, it should have been four. It would have been easier for me. Then I would have forgotten one of them. I had to go down three. Um, and physical touch. So say that I like words of affirmation. Well, does that mean that the way that I love everybody else is through words of affirmation? Is that what Jesus is talking about in this idea that love others as you'd have them, or do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? No. Because you go one step deeper in that. I like to be treated the way that I like to be treated as an individual. I don't necessarily want the same thing that Lindy wants or that Doug wants or that Mark wants. I don't necessarily want those same things. And so I don't necessarily want people to give me affirmation like they give affirmation to Mark. Joe, you're a great guitar player. <laughs> you're a bad liar. <laughs> you know, I'm not looking for that sort of affirmation because it doesn't do me any good because I'm not. So what does that mean? I want someone to interact with me as an individual. Interact with me. Actually me. And you know, that's what it means to love others as, or to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. How many of you like it when someone treats you generally? Well, all women like this. Is that true? I don't know anything that all women like. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't know anything that all men like. I don't. It's not a reality. Well, you're from northern Minnesota, therefore you should like Ludafis. He's like, well, I do, but most of us don't. You're Norwegian. They, yeah, well, whatever. I'll stop with those. No, our, our vocation, ultimately, believe it or not, is people. But people as individuals, not people as, not just people as groups. As individuals. To look someone in the eye and to do good. Do good unto them. To give them their food at the proper time. But you know, then Christ lays for us here that's something that's too big for us. Because it's too big for me. And so you know what else he says then? What does he say when he gives us a job that's too big for us? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, Lord, how do I love Jason in the midst of this? Help him wire his place. <laughs> you sure? I don't know if that'd be loving. Maybe me messing something up. No, that... Jason, how do I, Lord, how do I love my wife right now? That's her. How do I do good unto Beth? Lord, help me to do this. Because why does Christ give us tasks that are too big for us? Why does he give us a vocation that's huge to love the people that we touch? Think about that for a moment. How many lives do you interact with, both in reality and virtually? Those are the people that you are called to bless. If that doesn't drive you into a deeper relationship with Jesus, I don't know what will.
Those of you who have children, are they all alike? Sarah, or Ethan, and Brian, or Ethan and Brian. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Ethan and Carolyn, are they exactly alike? Ethan, do you like all the same stuff your sister likes? No? Carolyn, do you like all the same stuff your brother likes? Uh, yeah. Some things. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, no, probably not. Not exactly. I've never seen Ethan wear a dress. I think you like dresses, don't you? No, you don't like dresses. Oh, I just because your mom. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. But this is reality. Those of you who have children, they're all different. How do I bless Soren? How do I bless Anton? How do I bless Rachel? How do I do these things? Lord, I don't know how to do that. It's too big for me. So Christ gives us these things. Christ opens our eyes to this. And he says, you have to be ready. Well, what does that look like? You can't just rely on that which happened before. You need me now. You need me now. You need me here. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do this. You know what's cool about that? Christ wants that deeper relationship. And so then he gives us a task that's too big for us so that we have to pursue it. This is what it means to be managers. Because this is who we are. Who am I in Christ? I am a son. I am a friend. And I am a manager. So Christ has put me has put responsibility upon me for all the lives that I touch when I actually take that seriously. Lord, it's too big. Jesus says, don't worry. I have overcome the world. I'll walk with you through that. I'll teach you. I'll guide you. I'll empower you. Why? For the glory of my name? No. So that the world could know him. Does this make sense? This is what it means to be a manager. This is what, this is our calling as Christians in reality. When we have influence, to bless. To bring Christ into those relationships. I woke up this morning with someone on my mind. It's like, I need to be praying for this person. And then as I was praying for him, I thought, I need to text them. (laughs) And you know, it was a blessing. At least for me. I don't know if it was for them. But it was for me. Because this is what it means to walk with Christ. Any questions? It's not really complicated, is it? But it's big. Thank God that he has given us big tasks. Because otherwise we wouldn't need him. We wouldn't need him. But we do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we seek to live this out, I ask that you would guide. Guide for the glory of your name. Lord, thank you for giving us things that are too big for us. 
for including us in all this, in your work, that you're including us in your work. Lord, thank you. Bless us now as we walk with you. Lord, indeed, that we would be ready. And that we'd be all the more ready as we continue to walk with you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here and through us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen.